Welcome to the Burning Hearts Podcast. My name is Nate Schneck, and I'm one of the pastors here at Burning Hearts Church, and I'm also the host of this podcast. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Sage Anderson. She's the kids director at Burning Hearts Church, so those of you who have kids in church probably know her. But I'm excited for her to share a little bit more about her life and her story today. So Sage, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on the Burning Hearts podcast. Let's jump into the interview right away. Um, why don't you share a little bit about your your story, how you met Jesus, and and just your experience growing up? Yeah, totally. So um, I had the blessing of growing up in a Christian home. It's all I've ever known um, is Jesus and church and the Bible and prayer. Like it's just been woven into um, so much of my life, Um, but my life has not come without trials. Um, No one's life is easy, but um, it's been a blessing to always know Jesus because I think um, whatever season I've been in, whatever pain I've faced, Jesus has always been there. Um, So, you know, I grew up and went through middle school and, you know, that constant like, oh, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus because I didn't totally have the knowledge that, you know, like one and done, you know, we, we can ask for forgiveness, but I just didn't understand like really what a life devoted to Jesus really looked like. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, who does that young? I, after asking Jesus into my heart at two or three years old, that's just like, you know, you kind of can doubt that sometimes. So throughout middle school, I was really in a process of, um, processing my idea of what a relationship with God looks like and really making it my own with him. So um, backtracking a little bit, my parents got a divorce when I was five, um, which led to a lot of pain and hurt and um, just a lot of difficulty. Um, But God was really good in that season and he protected me from a lot of the trauma that could have been there. Um, and my parents did the best that they could to really protect me in that as well. But, um, it was, it was really hard, but it brought a lot of good things and it shaped who I am today. Mm -hmm. And, um, after that we moved to Grand Forks and then we moved to Fargo and, uh, my mom remarried, um, and they had a little baby boy. And once my baby brother came along that, that really shifted my life. Um, Mm. being an older sister and no longer the baby of the family, it makes a huge difference. And, um, that's taught me a lot. Um, but yeah, we, we grew up in Fargo for the most part, which has been great. And we got involved at first assembly. And, um, that was really when I dug in, that was during middle school. And I really dug into Jesus and the Bible and figuring out my relationship with him. And so, a few years go by and unfortunately another divorce happens in my family and being 14 years old going through second divorce as a child it is hard i was angry i felt forced into something that i didn't understand um and at that point i was like i don't want to move again we moved from a house back into an apartment and as a teenager, like starting high school soon after that, like that's just a lot to deal with. And, um, even through all of that, like God has been so good. And that's one thing that I can constantly look back at my life and my child and be like, regardless of what I went through, God has been so good. He's been so faithful. Um, and 
yeah, it's really shaped, it's really shaped who I am today. And uh, one thing that I really was learning, um, even in these last few years, that through all those trials, through just, you know, normal childhood things, I um, really became a peacemaker in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And not totally out of a good way, I just didn't know how to use the God-given gift of being a peacemaker. Um, And I felt like any time a situation was out of control or there was chaos or people were like out of control, I was the one in the middle of everything trying to like make peace. And um, that has really worn on me over the years. And I just recently learned like how to use being a peacemaker in healthy ways that God really does love that. He instilled that in me, but I didn't know how to do that. And so boundaries have been really part of like my testimony too, and just learning, um, how to, um, love my family well and love myself well and grow, um, in those things. So yeah, God's really reestablished my identity in these last few years. Um, and just really taught me, taught me a lot. And so it's been really good. That's awesome. That's an amazing journey. And one thing that stood out in watching you and getting to know you is that I see you as very solid emotionally and hearing your story and all this brokenness, what would you say? I mean, besides like just knowing Jesus, Mm -hmm. the the simple answer, um, what would you say has been a key to, to not being a wreck emotionally? Because it would be so easy to have that as your, as your, um, life after going through the testimony that you have. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I owe a lot to my mom. Mm. You know, there's other things that I've done that I can share, but my mom is my rock and she really encouraged, encouraged me and my siblings, um, in that season. And she was our safe place in those hard times. Um, and just seeing her strength through it all, kind of showed me like how to you know process my emotions and to like keep Mm -hmm. going and different things like that um but one of the things that you know I'm feel has equipped me emotionally was never seeing God as the reason why it happened and I never he he wasn't yeah he wasn't the person to blame um and I think that was, (laughs) that's one way that like, I think I'm still choosing Jesus and I'm still like solid emotionally is because I never saw him as the problem. Um, and I really had to realize that I can't fix, Mm -hmm. I can't fix everything. Um, and there have been moments where I've wanted to fix everything and I try to fix everything, Um, but emotionally that's so unhealthy. It (laughs) doesn't work. Going back to the peacemaker thing you were just talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things. Community was Mm. another thing that I think led into me really being super solid emotionally and spiritually is community. Um, especially in middle school, finding friends at church and youth group, um, was huge. And I wasn't alone in where I was at. Like I had other friends, who had gone through divorce, um, broken mm. families, and different things like that. So, um, yeah, those were all 
important things that helped me stay strong emotionally. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people in any range of situations can take something from that. Like, you can't blame God for Mm. the situations that you go to go through, and and actually having that perspective is is really healthy, and it brings wholeness emotionally. So that's that's really good. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your mom a little bit, but throughout your your process. Um, have you had any mentors in your life that have really poured into you um, or or anything like that? Yeah, as I was really thinking through this, I really thought that I I had a couple mentors, but I had a lot of role models. Okay. And I think looking at people in my community and in the church and I mean, even outside of the church, just mm-hmm. like looking at people and seeing different characteristics of their life um, is one way I think that I, you know, got through those seasons. And mentors are huge. We're huge on mentorship. Um, But for me, I think I've had people teach me things. I've had those mentors. Um, But it came, that growth came for me through role models and just looking at people's lives and Hmm. wanting different characteristics or seeing the way that they worship or seeing the way that they love the Lord. Um, and just modeling that for me. That's really cool. And maybe different than the expected answer. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's value in, because if you were able to actually grow through role models, that meant that you had the desire to watch Mm -hmm. and, um, and observe and see what people were doing and, and draw things from people's lives. Even if you didn't like really know them or they right. weren't directly pouring into you. Right. And so like, there's a value in that. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's cool. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about your life? You are married, I am very pretty newly married. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about Ian and totally. how you guys interact, how you met mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's fun cause we've had a long history. Um, actually today marks, um, four years since we kind of reconnected, um, wow. which is fun because that four years ago today really changed the course of my Whoa. life, actually, you know, well, like that led to dating and that led to engagement and getting married. But we met in 2014 um, and we crushed hard. <laughs> and, you know, in high school, I was like, I'm not going to date, nor was I probably allowed to date, but I just didn't really want to. But we liked each other and just things didn't work out. And thank you to Jesus because, yeah. you know, he has a plan for our lives. And, um, yeah, so we met and we talked for a while and then life just kind of happened. High school happened. We didn't talk for two and a half years. Um, but not to say I was very aware of him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he actually went to Toronto to catch the fire. Cool. And I graduated high school. I was about to start college. And that's when, you know, we started to reconnect again. And we actually reconnected at um, the burn. We had an outdoor burn, Gooseberry Park, like this day, four years ago. That wow. was so amazing like the burn was amazing but also like what it meant for me that day yeah. and what God just like set up um Ian and I were on the same worship team with a couple of our friends and um from there like we just started talking and um 
after that, we started dating like literally two months after and um, we dated for about two and a half year, two years and he proposed in 2019 as I was in the midst of one of the busiest semesters <laughs> of my life. I remember that semester so clearly and that is when I actually reached my capacity. You know, you have that moment in your life where you're like, okay, I have way too much on my plate. So navigating that while like getting engaged and wedding planning and all of that was crazy. But we got married um, in 2020. So during COVID, we had to actually throw our wedding plans out the window and um, we pushed our wedding up a month and had a little small backyard ceremony with immediate family, a few close friends. And um, that was looking back one of the best moments of my life, not just because I got married, but because I realized that I didn't want 250 people at my ceremony while I was like sharing one of those the most intimate moments of my life. So Mm -hmm. um, it was actually really unique how God used that. And um, yeah, so we got married in probably the hardest year of our lives and most people's lives. It's been a really (laughs) tough year. Um, But seeing God's faithfulness and provision in um, my relationship with Ian since I was 14, I was 14 in 2014. So, (laughs) you know, that's really young to like find the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Um, did I know that at the time? No, but I did know that like what God was doing, I don't know how I had this awareness, but I knew that God was doing something with that. And here we are today, like almost, you know, seven years later married. So, That's so awesome. Yeah, it's incredible to look back on our relationship and just see where we've been and who we are now. So That's really cool. Yeah. And for the listeners, maybe someday we'll interview Ian too. Yes, Because yes. <laughs> he's a really cool guy. He's, he's fun. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, a, I think your story there too will be, you know, you got married young, which mm-hmm. is kind of not normal right now right. in today's culture. Yeah. But like when it's like God, it, like stepping into it is, yeah. is, is just, you know, it's just what you do. Yep. But then there was, you know, actually a kind of a long history there. And so yeah. for people out there that are like in the waiting, mm-hmm. the, the singles in the waiting, like mm-hmm. there's hope for you. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There's so much hope. And yeah. God's timing is perfect. It yes. sounds so cliche, but God is orchestrating these things. Like I couldn't make up what yeah. happened like yeah. and the length of time that like Ian and I have built like a friendship mm-hmm. first before even like dating that yeah. was that was probably the best yeah. best part of it all and so it's like we don't have to right. jump in and in a, within a year we're married right you know it builds over time so God knows what he's doing too yes he does yeah that's so cool let's move on um so I, you know just in and watching you, observing you, and like I, in some of your story, you've expressed you've been put in these leadership positions mm-hmm. from a really young age. Yeah. Um, is leadership something that, like a natural gift that you have? Is it something you developed? Is it something that other people noticed you and just like, oh, Sage, do this? And you're just like, okay. Like, <laughs> how, how did it happen for you? Yeah, um, I honestly think I've just... I just naturally have a gift for leadership. Um, And obviously, 
being in leadership positions has helped cultivate that gift. Um, but it's funny because I've never asked for the leadership positions that I've had. Never. Yeah. And so getting these positions and like saying yes to them unknowingly, like, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. but sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I've grown so much and I think the people um, in my life who have, you know, invited me into those leadership roles have really helped me grow in that too. And they've affirmed a lot of things in me. And mm-hmm. I think that's a huge part of me growing as a leader is people seeing things in me and calling it out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, God has really used that gift in my life just to, you know, provide ways for me to grow. And leadership is incredible, but it's hard sometimes, right. but it's helpful to, you know, it kind of is woven into my personality, I guess, just kind of like it's who I am and I'm okay, you know, taking charge and just taking everyone along <laughs> with me if need be. Um, but again, leadership doesn't have to look like, right. you know, being in charge and in my life, it's often looked like serving. Right. Um, and that's the one thing I really value about leadership, honestly, is because it's not about me. So mm-hmm. it might be a natural gifting I have, but like my leadership position has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Every leadership position I've been in has been obviously mostly about God. Almost all my leadership positions have been based in ministry or um, somehow related to God. But it's really about other people and like yeah. serving them and mm-hmm. loving them and teaching them. And um, yeah, so leadership is has always been a huge part of my life. I've probably been in leadership since I in different positions since I was probably 15, yeah. something like that. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something uh, when you're talking about part of the abilities of a leader is to identify people who have leadership yeah. uh, capability. Have you found yourself like transitioning to that yet? Um, or is that something you're in the process of in, in your growth in leadership? Yeah. I think this position here at Burning Hearts has taught me a lot about, you know, equipping others and calling out the things I see in other people. And so um, I think I'm at that point, which is crazy to me because, I mean, I feel so young that I don't feel like right. I'm equipped enough to do this. But I think there is that transition of, you know, we've talked about this before here at church of like putting other people into your position. So like getting right. yourself out of the job kind yeah, of deal. Making and, yourself replaceable. Yeah, exactly. And so I actually do feel that a little bit. Um as I get a little older and I've been in this position for quite a few years now that it's like, okay, how do I equip like my volunteers or the kids or families yeah. to, um, you know, be leaders and serve the church and whether it's my position or not, um, champion, champion, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, equipping others, yes. I can't even get that out, equipping others is is huge. So that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And that you've like recognized that's where you're at now. Yeah. Having the ability to do that. Um, so you, man, you mentioned a little bit in your story with Ian that you've kind of reached capacity in some different (laughs) phases of your life, but you've been in leadership for a long time now. Uh, how have you 
avoided or at least managed burnout because it's something that uh, happens to a lot of people, myself included. I have a story of that. So Burnout is one of the worst things I've experienced. Um, Clearly, I've not avoided it, (laughs) Um, but I have gotten better at managing it over the last couple of years. Um, I think once I realized my capacity, I was able to then have ways to manage Mm -hmm. burnout or manage um, boundaries and things like that. So um, one of the things I have to have is time off and time away. So it's like in order for me to manage burnout, like I can't be here every Sunday for all Sundays out of the year. You know, that's not (laughs) healthy for anyone, but like I have to have time off and time away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I recently implemented a Sabbath day, which, you know, that's something we've been um, really teaching on here at church and different things like that. But I have been super convicted of that for a few months and I've just like read books and stuff like that on it. And that has been transformative in the way my life just happens from day to day and the stress I may feel or... When I feel like I'm hitting my capacity, you know, those Sabbath days are really refreshing and they replenish me. Um, And so, yeah, that along with boundaries and just being real with myself. There's a lot of things that I want to do. There's a lot of things I want to say yes to. And I unfortunately am a people pleaser. Like, I just want to make people happy. And it goes back to the peacemaker thing again. But I've really had to work on that piece of like, I'm going to disappoint people mm-hmm. and that's um, okay. It, that's okay. Yeah. So I have to really care for myself too, because I can't help anyone else if I'm not like taking care of myself. So right. yeah, those have been a few ways that I've managed burnout and just really having boundaries. And that's, that's awesome. That's very, very wise. And yeah, back to the Sabbath thing. It's like it's God is so brilliant in yeah. his design. Yeah. And and sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, he talked about that a lot right. in the Old Testament. And that's because it's for our good. Right. Why <laughs> so, did it take us so long to realize yeah, that we needed yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> or, or our Western culture just like blew yeah. past it. So yeah. that's really cool. Um, so let's talk about kids. Kids are a big part of who you are. A lot of your ministry um leadership positions have revolved around kids yep uh can you talk about that for a little bit so yeah I have always been around kids um I was the youngest in my family until I was seven like I said my baby brother came along um and everything changed for me at that point with being around kids and um my family's done foster care for a lot of years since I was probably 10 or 11 and we've had close to 80 kids come wow. through our home and my mom just adopted three teenagers. So this family dynamic has really led into my relationship with kids and my desire to be around kids and what I'm naturally drawn to. I love caring for people. I love, mm. um, teaching people and that's just naturally you know what kids kids need um and so I think a lot of it has been God just like directing my steps 
um, into positions where kids are around. Um, but I remember being back in like fourth or fifth grade and I was, um, in kids church and my kids pastor implemented like little serving positions to do during kids church, whether it was like greeting or you're doing worship actions with the worship team or whatever. (laughs) And I did some of that. And I think that instilled like this idea of serving, Mm -hmm. but also serving kids. Even when I was a kid, I was serving my peers. Um, and that's been a huge part of um, your growth, my growth. Yeah. So I've always wanted to be around kids and I really was going to end up going into the medical field and be a pediatric nurse or pediatrician, something along the lines of that. And then God really changed my heart in 2016 and he just called me to teaching and, um, that was a defining moment when I look back at my life at 16 years old and I'm like, wow, that changed, that changed a lot. Um, how did that happen or yeah how did your mind change or was it like this encounter with God or how how did it happen <laughs> so i was on the chicago missions trip with okay. pastor cal and um i think it was you know i was like right after my sophomore year in high school and you know at that point you're preparing for college you know your teachers your principals your parents are like yeah. what do you want to do and you know i was set on the medical field but then that one morning we were in a worship service before we went out to serve the community and um, I heard a testimony from a teacher that morning and that really struck my heart and God started to do something in that moment and ever since then, like he's just put this desire in my heart to um, serve kids that don't have anyone, to love them um, and to really care for them and to teach them and you know the kids who aren't wanted the kids who aren't loved the kids who come from broken families the kids who come with the same clothes on their back every day to school um like those are the kids that god has put a desire in my heart to care for and to love and to teach and that was a huge thing um you know being a teacher is the best thing I think ever I'm going to be a teacher, so maybe I'm biased, but like you spend seven or eight hours with these kids and I'm just really thankful that God instilled that, um, desire in me in that moment, because when you spend all this time with kids every day, you can change and impact their lives. And yeah, I'm just so excited for what God has for me in the education world. That's so cool. Yeah. That's neat. I love hearing like those moments when, when God steps in and just like, yeah, just, and it seems at the time it's just like, Oh, but then you look back at it and you're like, Oh, if that wouldn't have happened, where would I be now? Exactly. So that's really cool. Um, you talked a little bit about your, your enjoyment, like what brings you enjoyment in teaching kids. Um, but I want to shift the question a little bit and go to your, your role in ministry as, Mm -hmm. as the kids director here. And some people, um, kind of look at kids and just think of them as, oh, they, they, they learn nice Sunday school stories and, (laughs) you know, they, they sing Jesus is my superhero and stuff, (laughs) which maybe they do sometimes. Um, (laughs) but, um, are, 
you know, you lead our kids in a different way. Yeah. And we have a saying that our, our lead pastor, uh, Pastor Jana says, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you share some stories from mm-hmm. kids' church that kind of can break open that box that we have over yep. our kids? Yep. Uh, one thing I got to say is I really do think that sometimes kids are more capable than adults yeah. to encounter the Holy Spirit and to develop and grow in the things of God. I think sometimes as adults, we're just so clouded by like reality and by the world. And sometimes we can't see out of it. And so the innocence of children is one of my favorite things because they're not like marked by the world yet. They're so eager to learn and to know who Jesus is. And, um, even to come to church, like kids are excited for the most part, you know, like they're excited to be here. And um, I have a few stories that I would love to share just to encourage those who are listening, but also to just um, show that like kids really know how to have a relationship with God and what it can look like. And so um, one of the stories um, was actually recently, I was teaching on the story of Jesus feeding the 4,000 and the 5,000. And we were talking about the idea of a testimony and to do it again, God, just to see God move in those ways again. And, you know, everything was all said and done with church. And we were about to, like, just play a game while we waited for parents to come. But one of the kids had their hands raised. And I was like, maybe he just wanted to, you know, share a comment with me because kids love to chat, right? But I was so caught off guard by what he asked me. He proceeded to ask me so if I put a loaf of bread on my table Jesus can multiply it (laughs) he was just so like curious and I was like yeah Yeah. of course he can like God can do that he's like the God of the impossible and that was everything we were teaching on and so for him to take a bible story and apply it to his life and actually be willing to do that I think you know, a lot of adults would probably be like scared to do that right. because you're like, oh, what if God doesn't do it? Right. Or like, can he still do that? But I mean, we see, we hear about stories all the time where God's yeah. multiplying food. But um, yeah, so that was one moment where just seeing like the faith mm-hmm. in a child was like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> you can't make this up. Like, it was just so incredible. Um, and another story I want to share, it was just a few years back, we had Um, just a moment where we were worshiping and I was teaching on worship and just trying to um, have the kids explore worship through just different ways. And at the end, I just wanted to hear from the kids, like, how did you feel? What did you think? Um, What did God show you or tell you? Just different things like that. And one of the girls answers and she goes, I've never sung out loud during worship before. But today I tried and I'm so glad I did. (laughs) And just to hear that, I was like, that is something so small. But it just was so cool to see her encounter with God and how worship, you know, shifted her idea of of God. That's awesome. Yeah, those are some really cool moments that, you know, kids can see Jesus so clearly. Right. And I know personally, like my kids have been impacted by your ministry. Yeah. So, so thank you for that. And Absolutely. they, they often tell me, 
like when we tuck our kids in and talk to them before mm-hmm. they go to sleep, we always ask them, what was the favorite part of your day? And on Sundays, it's almost always church. Oh, and so I love that. Yeah, it's oh really fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool to hear. Yeah. Um, I want to briefly just talk about your age range, the, yeah. the young adult age range. And just like for kids, I think it's like a critical time in in development of of your life mm-hmm. yeah um and there's a lot of challenges that that young adults face yeah and so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a scenario okay so pretend i'm 20 something i'm not quite um <laughs> and i came to you <laughs> and i said sage you look like you have it all together and and i wanted to meet with you how would you give me advice or like what things might you ask to to kind of prompt things to help me live to navigate life as as a young adult yeah totally um one thing I would probably ask is how you view Jesus how you view God I think the way we see God can kind of dictate like how we approach life and how we approach our relationship with him um and that was one of the things I learned in discipleship school Mm -hmm. here at Burning Hearts was how do we view God as a father um and a lot of 20 somethings are finding out where they are with God and seeking that out. And so that's one thing I'd ask, like, how do you view him? Um, But one of my driving things with people in my age group is, you know, navigating those challenges and there's a lot of deconstruction Mm. in the 20-something range right now, um, which is really you know, a blessing and a curse. I think figuring out why you believe what you believe is so important. Um, but doing it with Jesus is right. the key. And not doing it because it's a trendy thing to do or exactly. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things that, you know, I've, I have been, you know, at my breaking point with this and like, either you choose Jesus or you don't. Mm. And a lot of 20 somethings are, just trying to figure it all out and they ask a lot of questions there's a lot of confusion and I think the enemy uses that as a tactic um in veering the 20 somethings away from Jesus but it's either you choose Jesus or you don't and that's gonna pave the rest of your life and it's gonna pave your relationship with him um so my encouragement to you know people my age would be to never stop choosing Jesus like choose him and never stop um because he is the answer to everything. Yeah. You know, he he holds the whole world in his hands and like he's planned our planned out our lives and um submitting to those plans and just saying yes to Jesus is obviously the best thing yeah. we could ever do. Yeah. Um but that's more in like a spiritual a spiritual aspect, but there's one thing too that I want to share for 20 somethings that um has been really important for me, um, obviously boundaries. And in that, um, the quote goes like, I'd rather give a responsible no than an irresponsible yes. Mm. And I think I heard that probably like three years ago, but that has stuck with me. Um, and the things we do at 20, you know, we want to go see the world and do all the cool (laughs) things and, um, not be tied down and, all of those things. But at the end of the day, we do have responsibilities and yeah. there we do have commitments. And in those things, we do have to have boundaries. So 
That's really say good. yes to what you can, but you know, you'd rather give, we'd rather give a responsible no than an irresponsible yes. So that's really yeah. good. That's good advice. Yeah. Okay. I feel better as a 20 something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel better as a 30 something now. <laughs> All right. Let's transition into some lighter questions. Uh, these are kind of fun. Hopefully, um, tell us, tell the listeners something about yourself that they might be surprised to hear about you. <laughs> totally. Um, so kids and kids church have started to find this out. Um, and there may be some in their church that don't know this yet, but my legal name is Cheyenne. Yeah. And, you know, I go by Sage. It is my middle name. But when people <laughs> find this out, they're like freaked out and they're like, what? <laughs> and so, yes, that is something that I think most people would be surprised to hear. That yes. Everything they thought I was. It's not who I am. Just it's kidding. Not. But no, my name is Cheyenne. Um, and another thing, I legitimately love organizing. And weird thing to love, weird thing to be good at, but I literally love it. Mm -hmm. um, you should come see the storage closet by the kids' room. Yes, <laughs> true, true. I, I worked hard on that, lots of hours into that. But yeah, that's just something fun that... That's funny. That's, that's good. <laughs> that, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a good quirk to have, actually. Yes, it is Ian's very useful. probably blessed by that. <laughs> oh, very much so. <laughs> um, so this is, a, this is a question that I don't think we've asked yet on the podcast, but since you're into, into music, you're, mu you're a worship leader too. We yes. didn't really get into that in this interview, but people need to know that. <laughs> um, and this doesn't necessarily have to do with worship, but... If you could only listen to one album the rest of your life, like, that's it, what would it be? That's a tough question. Uh-huh. That's a, that'd be one album on repeat for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. I mean, you can have space in between. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> one with a lot of songs, so for sure. Um, one that comes to mind is probably um, Brandon Lake's new live album. Yeah. Um, it has several several songs on it but there are just like a few key ones on there that i already listened to on repeat just because nice. they're just so good so if i had to listen to an album and not have anything else that would probably be what i would choose cool yeah. would, would your answer have been different <laughs> like i mean obviously when it didn't exist but say a year ago like yeah honestly you know the og united pursuit albums uh, like the simple gospel yeah. and you know, some of their live oh, ones, yeah. those are some of my favorites and like take a moment or mm -hmm. awesome. we've come like those songs are just so good. Yeah, so. I love those too. Yeah. Cool. So you gave some encouragement to the 20 somethings, but if you could give one piece of encouragement just overall to the listeners that are out there right now, mm -hmm. what would it be? Yeah, I think... The one piece of encouragement that I would give um, and something that I've had to encourage myself in, especially recently, um, is just trusting God and his provision. Mm. And I know in my life, I've seen it time and time again. I know God provides. I know he's faithful. But somehow in trying times, I always forget. Right. And, you know, the worry, the anxiety, the stress that you go through in trying seasons, um, can really take over and it's really hard to trust God in those moments. But my encouragement would be to follow Matthew six, mm -hmm. you know, do not, do not 
worry about tomorrow for tomorrow can worry about itself, mm-hmm. you know, and just setting the anxiety down. I know it's hard. It's probably, it takes like a lot of energy just to do that. Yeah. But in return, like trusting God, like he takes our burdens, he cares for us, he provides. Um, and so that would be my encouragement just to follow Matthew 6 and do not worry. Yeah, don't worry. Awesome. God will provide. That's really good, Sage. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. This was. Thank yeah. you for having yeah. me. Yeah, I'm excited for the listeners, for the people in the church and outside the church that know you maybe just like on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, now get to see into your life a little bit more. So totally. that's the fun part about this, this, is. this uh, <laughs> podcast. So thank you um, to the listeners out there. Uh, hit us up on social media if you want to uh, give us any comments, things we can do differently, things we can improve. Um, we want to hear from you. And until next time, keep the fire burning.